Oh my. Welcome to our most haunting of episodes of the F Reality Podcast. As you may have noticed, Mike is undead. So in this episode, 112, uh, this episode is going to be dedicated to our lurkers. You don't say anything, but just like Santa, we feel your presence. So today, I will be hosting the podcast. Uh, my name is Zim. This is going to be a special episode of the F Reality Podcast. So let me remind you, if you don't already know, you can watch us live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can go log in into the virtual spaces and catch us in VR in big screen TV. And at what times? 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, if there still is a UK next week, and 12 Central US. The audio version is available also on iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify. And if you have any questions during the show, please inject them into the chat like marshmallows into a hot pumpkin-spiced latte. All right, without further ado, let's sound off. Who is the F-Reality crew? Boo-hoo-hoo. Who is you? If you find a shirtless man on the streets of Belgium on a moonlit night, howling, howling in echoing despair, you know who that's going to be. Boris Johnson. But the other shirtless beast howling, that'll be, that'll be Rowdy Guy. Hey, Rowdy, how was your week? Ah, uh, my week was all right, Sim. I, ha I have to say, like, uh, Mike is already undead, but it looks like you're going to be undead pretty soon, too. <laughs> Bit of no, I've been I've been all right. I've been hard at work as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this show. You know, it's going to be something different. You know, it's not going to be with Mike, but we have a, another undead host. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to it. Did you did you just call Mike undead? <laughs> yeah, sometimes he is. You know, yeah, <laughs> after a two two hour show, he's usually undead. Just he's, he's not looking too time. lively. He's not looking too lively. So he's <laughs> off. He's off sorting himself on a few matters. Uh, so that that was that was our rowdy guy, the shirtless howling beast. And uh, little did you know, but after Doctor Frankenstein bailed on that monster he created, another ghastly creature he he made, who also loves experiments of his own, like a ghoulish Dutch cheese. He's always <laughs> oozing something, and that's our Nathy. <laughs> It's alive! It's alive! A ghoulish yeah. Dutch cheese. How does that smell? Oh, I don't know. It smells <laughs> smells apparently like me, right? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm totally ready for this spooky spooky episode. It's gonna be so terrifying and horrible, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I I know exactly what you mean, and um, I've already been given a nickname, Zimby, which I have to say, thank you, Chat. Whoever came up with that is amazing. Um, so I will be Zimby. So I am, who am I? My name is ZimTalk5, and I'm back from the dead. Not really the way you'd hoped, but I'm here. Covering for Mike as the host of the F-Reality podcast today. And in our special episode today, we will be covering a few different interesting tasty bites. Nathie's going to tell us what it's like to play GTA 5 in VR. Raddy will ask and answer for how much longer... Will real reality be necessary? And I'll dive into a flavor of reality uh, gaming that I hadn't considered before called remote reality. All right. Well, before we do that, I wonder, oh, good, their doctor, 
What have you been playing at, Mr. Rowdy? I have been playing um, a, a few games. Um, not all that I can mention already. Uh, or maybe I can mention it, I don't know. Um, but I've played uh, Panther VR. I think uh, I think we talked about that one last week as well. I, I played. I, I just now released my video on it as well. Uh, I played it again um, because I wanted to like you know dive a little bit deeper into it, uh, dive into the mechanics a little bit. And I have to say, it's it's a solid title already. Like the way that it plays, the way that it feels, it feels like a solid title. I would like to see what else they are going to bring to it because they have like a lot of different kind of mechanics. So the, the concept of this is like we highlighted last time, it's like a stealth game and mm. something that we we haven't seen a lot in VR, but as of recently, there appears to be more and more of these kind of VR games that are popping up. We have Budget Cuts that is coming back with Budget Cuts 2. Really looking forward to that one. We have Espire 1, uh, which is a really solid game as well. And there are some rumors about like uh, Splinter Cell coming to VR as well, which I think is uh, would be great to see something like that uh, appear on as well. So there's quite a few stealth games that are coming out. And uh, I think that Panther VR can you know, hold itself into that line as well. It's very uh, artistically interesting, I think. It's a, a great concept. I would like to see some more variation maybe from the enemies and stuff like that. But of course, the thing that I played is a, is a pre-alpha. But it felt just very, very solid. And I always like it when developers do that, when they uh, bring out a demo. Instead of trying to fit everything in there, just like introduce a few of the interesting concepts, keep it simple, and prove your concept. And I, I think that they've really succeeded at that. Well, I can tell you that uh, when you said Splinter Cell, I just imagined the Splinter Cell release trailer, just a completely pitch black background and just three <laughs> little lights flicking on in the dark. <laughs> that, that would be a great trailer. Like, like, like a headset that he puts on. <laughs> but 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 seriously though like as i said last uh, time it's it's so important to if you do have a demo that it's a good demo because we yeah. have seen a, a, a different one i think it was the the game that zim mentioned before the pirate title uh, leon the uh, leon legends the leon, the leon, leon legends exactly and and they also had a a demo for people to try but that one didn't show its full potential and and then it's hard for people to you know yeah. uh, check it out and say like okay this is why you should you know back this project so in case of panther vr they they knew what they they had in store and and what mechanics they could sell to the audience out there so yeah does their kickstarter allow you access to the uh, to the the pre pre alpha or beta build i don't think so. Because I've always yeah, thought, I've always recommended. I think devs are quite nervous about that. But I actually think with a Kickstarter, giving a tiers level of access to say, hey, check out our alpha, we'll give yeah, you a yeah. build. Um, I think that's really smart. Because for me, if I was sitting there on Kickstarter going, oh yeah, it looks pretty, but I want to see what the you know the yeah, grassroots yeah. implementation of your game is. So, and actually, there's a bit of news on that. I don't know if you guys you heard, but um, the Leon Legends they actually wrote me there midweek. They've they've canceled and refunded on the Kickstarter because it wasn't going as well for them, yeah. which is hard yeah. because I think they did very good work for a two person team. They're going to find another way, I suppose, to fund it that development. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to hear that. Now back to Rowdy Panther. Are there any Panthers mm -hmm. in it? Uh, you are the Panther. You're oh. an agent of Panther. 
Like, and you, you walk around like a pen. No, <laughs> that'd be awesome, though. You can I should, I should, I should, I should play it. I should, have done, I should have done that in my video. <laughs> that, that would have probably gone on more views. Like, <laughs> I know the ladies yeah. would like it, Rowdy. You should so do a Panther video, too, now. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll no. do that. I'll think Very about good. it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. So, um, what about over to you, Nathy? What have you been up to? Yeah, so so first of all, in the, in the chat, uh, someone said like, "What is Nati dressed like?" Uh, I'm a balloony carn from Team Fortress. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that Team Fortress? Jesus, yeah. that's an era of Team Fortress VR that I've never seen. Yes, so maybe if I stand up, you can see it better. Yeah, do do. Give us the whole <laughs> turnaround. Yeah. I thought there that was go. the outfit from uh, VR Unicorns. That's what oh. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that could be that that that's also like it's it's a mix of uh, things. Yeah. But hey, hey, if if you hate on my outfit, I I might use my needle today. So in the, in the chat, they're calling you a natycorn. A natycorn. <laughs> I am a natycorn. I'm I'm fabulous and you know terrifying if I have to. Um, but also in the chat, uh, people have been playing some games. Of course, uh, we have uh, Jamie who played. Thrill of the fight on the quest. Yes, that's a good workout. Then we have Human 001. Yes, the first human ever uh, who played Echo VR. Uh, PD uh, played, ooh, ooh, ooh. this one is uh, scary. Are you ready? Uh, the Exorcist on quest in a haunted oh. cellar. Got touched on the knee and had childish whispers in my ear. <laughs> ooh, okay, okay. Man, we're going deeper. Um, Watto UK played Asgard's Wrath, uh, No Man's Sky. He's still into No Man's Sky. Uh, he's, a, he's a diehard. Uh, Borderlands 2 and ran around Los Santos, causing Hayfuck in GTA 5. Then uh, a Serp, NTA1276. He uh, dove into Skyrim VR. And then we have Dave the Psycho. And he played Death Horizon with the new locomotion and that's exactly what i wanted to talk about oh. uh, about death oh. horizon because i jumped in uh, i did play it uh, on the oculus go before uh, as you guys may know it's it's an old one uh, it came out in i think 2017 on the gear vr mm. and also uh, i think could you play it on a cardboard as well I'm not completely sure. No, it was Daydream. It was a Daydream, Daydream headset. But it was all like mobile uh, back then uh, uh, in in Death Horizon. But now um, you can enjoy it on the Quest as well. So it's oh. it's a great fit, of course, uh, a part that makes sense. And um, yeah, so a couple of weeks ago it launched, uh, but then it didn't have um, locomotion, uh, walking locomotion. So uh, running around with the thumbstick, you could only teleport. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's fine that teleportation is in there because uh, every uh, option is welcome because not everyone likes to, you know, serve in their room as it always feels like. That's how I describe, you know, walking locomotion. Um, but now there's an update so you can teleport or you can walk around. And that was the moment I felt like I had to try it out. Um, so Death Horizon Reloaded, as it's called, is a typical zombie shooter, you know, key cards that you need to use to open doors. Do some parkour eggs, shoot some zombies, find more key cards, get some extra weapons, etc., etc. And that's kind of what it is. So if you if you just like that, you know, classic feeling of hey, I'm just gonna jump in there and I'm I'm gonna find all these epic uh, guns to to shoot zombies with, then that's the game for you. Uh, the story is kind of odd, okay-ish, I would say. But uh, as I said, it's an old game. From, uh, from 2017 and it, it's mm. it's fun it's fun because i checked out the reviews and i was like why is this so highly rated on the oculus store because 
in my case, you know, I played so many zombie shooters that did, did, this didn't feel that exciting to me. But then I was like, well, if this is your first or second zombie shooter, or you're just a fan of, of zombies and yep. shooters anyway, then I don't think you ever get bored of it. Um, where for me, I, I, I'm really looking for the next step in, in that case, you know? Um, bored of zombies? But yeah, for, couldn't. Yeah, couldn't, well, zombies couldn't. being maybe smarter like you that can actually talk to me and, and interact, you know? Uh, or, uh, or or something more where it's not just a key card all the time and finding the next door and you know I want to I want to get challenged a bit more. Got, got, got to be stuff. honest, Nathy, I'm just in it for your brains. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> oh, so you think I have brains? That's a, that's a positive. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm actually curious, guys. What do you prefer? Like when you've got um, when you've got a game that's an older game, like let's say 2015, mm. 2016 era, yeah. And um, and that game can re-release and, and is being released like on different consoles over time. Every six months, they're releasing on a new platform. Um, do you want that to be the same game just launched again to, to kind of be fair to all the platforms? Or do you want it to be something different? Like, would you want it to be different on different platforms? Or does that generate like a pressure pocket for you where you're like, nah, that's, that's not right, you know? I usually, if we're talking about parts, I kind of expect the same experience, to be honest with you. Although when I play it, I'm like, well, it would have been nice if this would be in there too, or if they added that. Um, And the, 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 the problem usually with that is like, you know, me as the consumer wants a lot, but is the budget there? And that's like a, a part is, is let's say also expensive in a way, but cheaper than having to add all kinds of new stuff to it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I usually when I play a part, I, I'm like, oh, but this could have been great too. I think the only title that I recently played that kind of does that is Drop Dead, where uh, Drop Dead, uh, yes. I think it's it has an extra name to it as well, just like Horizon. Um, it's Dual Strike, yeah. yeah so you can, uh. you can shoot with two weapons at the same time, as far as I know. So Drop Dead Dual Strike is like a pivot on the original game, right? It's not like a completely new story arc. No, uh, no, no. It's the same story, but Dual Strike, I think, as far as I know, refers to being able to use two weapons at the same time. I think it's also co-op. I think that's why, right? I no, mean, it was already it was already co-op. It was already that. co-op before that. Yeah. Okay. But it's like they added some some weapons to it that you can combine with another one. So in that case, they kind of added something new. I know this is still simple. But it's it's at least something new. Um, but I think they only do that for people that already played it on a different platform. If you played uh, Death Horizon on the uh, Go and you play it on the Quest now, you're gonna get get the same kind of thing. Of course, you have positional tracking and room scale, but content-wise, it's the same. So I think they purely do that in some games to attract people that already own the game and they want them to buy it again. Yeah, I think. I mean, it also depends, of course, on the on the mechanics. I think, yeah? like for example, like like we're going to talk about Borderlands anyway later on, yeah. but like uh, we don't have something like the aim controller really in uh, on the PC. We just when I mean, we have like the Pro Two, we have like other things, but we don't yeah. have an an aim controller, and that is sometimes in PlayStation VR games that is integrated into the core mechanic, which adds a lot to it. For example, Farpoint. I don't think how I would play that game without the aim controller because it's such a a core thing of that you you could you could probably do it you know you could probably do it but it wouldn't be the same thing and uh, I think that's also something that you need to keep in mind yeah. when like games are going from platform to platform um, that can cause an issue. 
It was True. it was it was my it was my biggest disappointment with the aim was that uh, there was it was such a proprietary device there was no way a modder was going to get it to work with a PC and I was like yeah. oh come on because it's such a good controller. Um, but could a controller like that? That's the thing. Like on a PlayStation VR platform that is quite closed, right? Um, it works, but would it work on PC in that sense? As you said, like modding, let's say if modding wouldn't be a thing and it's official support, do you think that's I, the question? I, I feel like the aim controller just is successful because it's a PlayStation aim controller. Th think if you could think if you could pair it with your Quest, you know, and as have, an official. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, not like a third party thing you could buy. If it was like Oculus branded or Vive branded or Index branded, then it would work, but not third party. Because yeah. third party, you do have guns, but you have to slide your controller in there, and that's but it. But we're forgetting Five. Five did release their own gun controllers. Yeah, with a uh, with a puck that you can like spin yeah, on. Yeah, with the, the, but not NES, only the puck, uh, They also had the um, how is it called again? That that like old school like white with orange. Yeah, yeah the NES control, like the duck hunt yes. uh, kind yes. of like uh, yes. style. There. Yeah, They're that's true. Them. They they did, but again, if you look at it now, like it came, I think it released two years ago. They also had like a tennis racket. And they had I also a I golf club. I remember the tennis but, racket. Yeah, so you had like the duck hunt gun, the tennis racket. The, 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 those all launched at the same time as the Vive Tracker. So obviously someone in the R&D department had, uh, over at, at HTC yeah. slash Valve was having a good old time. Yeah, exactly. Time. That's that's the, that's it. But again, that's also third party, I think. It's not from yeah. uh, HTC. And if they would have bundled it with the headset like... PlayStation did in a way, or bundled yeah. it with a game, then it would have worked because I don't think you guys have played uh, a game with that Duck Hunt controller that is similar to Firepoint or uh, Firewall Zero Hour. Uh, oh mean, yeah, there it is. <laughs> I, I I think I gave that all away because I I, I had no idea what to do with it. But so is, so now you is showing off. It says here what looks like a fly handle, swatter. Racket handle for the Vive Tracker. Yeah, but what so game? Actual... What game can you play with that? Or Racket, Racket and X? Racket and X. I don't know. Can, what can else you play Racket Ralph? <laughs> Racket Ralph. You can try. <laughs> All right. So I'll I'll tell you guys what I got up to. Last week we um at Mike's at Mike's grand spot, he saw a little game called Ryko's Fragments. Mm, so I yeah. got to go and I had to go and play that game because you know how much I like horror stuff. Was this before or after Mike's funeral? This was slightly before Mike's funeral, yeah. Okay. They might be related. Um, I miss I miss him already. It's only like three, four days now, but uh, it's, uh, it's hard, you know? Rip Mike. Mm. Anyway, uh, Ryko's Fragments. So Ryko's Fragments was a, it's a VR versus crowd game. And on the- Oh uh, yeah, we, we, we talked about it last week, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we releases. talked about it as, as it being like an awesome concept, ran the trailer and was like, okay, that looks really tempting. So I contacted the dev, um, I think Nathan connected me and uh, thank you for that. And um, got a copy and, and went and tried it out with my audience. And um, I think, I love the concept. The concept is great and the environments they had in the oh, game no. were fantastic, but like, it's for 15 quid or whatever the cost is for the game, uh, which you can buy it now. Uh, you don't have to wait for it to release on the uh, on the on the 28th. Hmm. But um, is it, it early access, by the way? It's definitely. Well, if it's, if it's not strictly <laughs> officially early access, it, it is early <laughs> access for sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, the the issue at the moment that I would say is, you know, you you start off and you're in a house. It's a two floor house, and that's it. 
And they talk about like every playthrough being different. Yeah, you spawn in different rooms and the ghost spawns in a different room and you can have other players uh, who control via web interface uh, some scares. But those, the extent of those scares is really a lot lesser than I was expecting. Uh, so players who were playing with me were like, okay, they can flicker the lights, they can create a gust of wind, and there was one other. And they were all at that level of like, bullshit scares you know like you're not no no one's gonna scare me with that after the first light flicker or whatever it's just not gonna happen and then the game itself wasn't running so well for me um and it's like this is a this is a pretty limited batch of content and all the players who dialed in uh who were helping to scare me were like honestly zim after the second or third play it's just not fun and for me it was the same thing it was like you just have to walk through the house find a doll find a little a Japanese fragment, take it to yeah. a portal and you escape. So it's nothing on the level of like a Dreadhulls from a procedural horror generation. And if yeah. they're going to take the game seriously and take it somewhere, I think they seriously need to do that. They need to make it procedural I, and they need to make the stuff that other people can do much better. More like an Akron model where let them have unique roles and either randomly assign them or let the player choose, but let them be the bad guys. Let them have some real effect on the, the VR player character mm. from winning or losing. Yeah. But, the, but the real question is, this game, has it been targeted for Halloween? Because we all know like shuffleware is everywhere around these like time, or is it like, oh yeah, we definitely want to make this game better after Halloween? Because yeah. that's, that's what I wonder. And I did watch you play it, and, and, and it felt like almost everything that the that the game had in store uh, got given away in the first like five yep. minutes. Yep. It was like yep. like your audience was scaring you and it was all like so chaotic and one scare, bam, bam. It wasn't balanced out. There was no cap on how many scares you could have in a certain amount Correct. of time. It was like all just boom, the, the, <laughs> like the, the whole bucket of content right in your face. Yeah, and, and, and actually I think that a little bit more ambiance would have done better. To, for to make it a scarier experience, um, but like straight off the bat, if you've got six or eight, six or seven players, I think is the max. Um, you really, as you said, it's just this cacophony of things happening to you, and you become kind of immune to that within minutes. So if you're cycling people through on a couch at a party, that's the kind of their defense line, I imagine. That they say that like, you know, if you've got that in mind, then it'll be all right. But I still think you're not going to come back to this game. You're going to play it once. And, mm. uh, and that really disappointed me. And that's why I wanted to yeah. report it here, because I think there's at least another year's worth of work there for them to make it something that would really make it appetizing uh, for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it sounds like something that shouldn't have been, uh, you know, given out to people yet. Well, think about it, right? You, you, you put the pin in the pin cushion there, Nathy, because Halloween's coming up. It's a scary game. Perfect time yeah, to release, right? It's kind of obvious in the way it's getting released. Like, I don't want to, like, put a stamp on these developers, yeah. but... Hmm. But we're going to come back to that very point a bit later on, because I can tell you, looking at Steam and a few other VR stores, there is it's, a waterfall it's, of horror it's, titles. That's it's always the same story. It's always. the same with Christmas. Uh, with Christmas, you have yeah. the same thing going on. And then sometimes with Easter, you also have like certain. So, yeah, no no surprise. The 16th makes, Snowball it, Fighter. That makes sense in a yeah. way. Snowball no. Fighter, exactly. Yeah. That, 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 makes, that makes sense in a way, no? Like, because this is like well, the kind of period that, like, I kind of need these like short like experiences sometimes as well, just to like, you know, get into the yeah, mood yeah. of Halloween. Here in Belgium, and I think in Holland as well, Nathan can probably confirm it. Halloween is not as big as it's been like, 
you know in the, in the US and no. I think in the UK it's even bigger now as well yep. but it's like slowly um coming up and like you know like things like are happening as now we now have like a halloween market and a halloween parties that are going on we we still don't go trick-or-treating we never do that i've never seen anyone you can't do that like if i go outside now they're gonna be like hey take a three they're gonna be like who the heck is this dude he's like crazy yeah so but but so i do like it that that kind of like atmosphere is coming over a little bit um because you know it's 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 still a, I like the the atmosphere of Halloween. If like if I have to choose one of the of my favorite kind of holidays, then I think the Halloween would score actually quite high. So I, I kind of like that. There's a lot of stuff available that I can choose from, and yes, a lot of shovelware. Uh, but still, I'm happy yeah. that it's there. I, I think if you're a smart dev, at least um, you look at like the Christmas period and also the Halloween period to get some attention for your title, and it can be a scary game. But what we're talking about here is just very focused on just Halloween. And it can be much more than that, right? Yeah, uh, you can sure. you can bring out a horror game, but just don't just don't show the consumers out there that you only do it because it's for Halloween. But uh, it would be it would be period. neat to see someone like like I don't know, like like the Beat Saber devs who, for example, like change all the blocks for like a period and pumpkins yeah, yeah. or something. But they do you know? that. And like the thing I'm definitely gonna touch on this a bit later on as well, but like some developers do the Halloween release cycle really well. Very well. And I know you yeah. guys are gonna think of the same ones that I'm thinking, but we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, and the issue that I have is that if you're not around on Halloween and they patch it in and then they take it out, is there any way to access that? I think I, my demand to devs is keep that as some kind of optional feature because once you've mm. developed it, it's fun any time of year. It doesn't have to be in those no. couple of weeks around Halloween. There's some no. stuff that I'm really sad has come out of games and I'm, I'm actually going to ask a pose a question to a dev there a little bit later for a game just released, whether or not their fantastic DLC that came out for free that was Halloween related um, mm -hmm. uh, several years ago, is that going to be available on the Quest mm -hmm. uh, just in the spirit the, coming the, up? The thing is, of course, there's a little bit of like um, a flavor of exclusivity for that specific period, of course. Yeah. So you need to try it yeah, I, in those weeks. Certain games, right? Poker VR, yeah. for instance. They did one where they had undead people sitting around the table. Like you, you, you clearly don't want your serious match in September to have a zombie sitting there going like, yo, guys, <laughs> all in, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I'd probably be that yeah. dude, but I, I, I do understand what you guys are talking about. But the problem with VR games is that their lifespans are quite short. short. So yeah. maybe you have like one time a Halloween update and it's better to maybe uh, keep it in there to sell that as extra content in the description on Steam or Oculus. Because I play a lot of Rocket League, for example. This game is uh, in the air for, I think, four years now or even longer. Yeah. And they have like this Halloween update every year they have something new at least in that sense and same with christmas but that's a game that is targeted for you know the long term it's gonna stay around for at least a few years and with most vr titles it's like they they survive for a year and that's it yes you could maybe use it as leverage say like hey there is a halloween update but i don't know if that's really popping up in let's say the algorithm of all the stores in the vr scene i don't think that really happens I do need to mention one update that I really enjoyed. It's been a while. Was Pixel Ripped? They had a Halloween update as well, uh, uh, but this was before I think it was even getting sold. Uh, and uh, you could just you know do trick and treat stuff and super fun. You had to shoot with candy too at like the you know, oh, 
Nimsoni in the chat, and he <laughs> makes a fair point. He says, uh, Nati, the lifespan is often short by design. A lot of VR games are just smaller games in general. Well, the, 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 is, the, budget, the budgets usually yeah. reflect the lifespan. So yeah, I, I, that's true. All right, good. Well, let's get on with some weekly news, shall we? Uh, first up, <laughs> in true horror fashion, we have a little bit of news about what? What from last week? Cosmos. So... For those of you who did fall into the deathly trap of Cosmos, um, apparently they've patched it. <laughs> so, what patch? Again. Yes, there's a beta patch released, 1.07, uh, which was uh. released on Thursday. So if you were um, play toying around with Cosmos, and uh, maybe this will bring you back to the headset, honestly, I think it won't. Um, I love that accurate tracking right out of the box just flashed up. I'm going to, have to take that scene down because that's just pure lies. <laughs> anyway, so what they claim in this patch, uh, and I say claim for a good reason, they said in, for the HMD, so for the headset itself, for those of you who don't know what a head-mounted display is, uh, improved low lighting tracking, right, with better prediction during fast movement, reduced tracker jitter with the Vive wireless adapter. And for the controllers, I love this both low light and high brightness tracking stability, which means what, the whole visual spectrum has been improved? Um, improved HMD tracking of the controllers when they are up to 10 centimeters from the headset. Now that's five inches, that's pretty big. That's like the astronaut's helmet that I was talking about for Quest early on. But the one thing I do like that they say in this, and I think this is to allay some fears for people who may have bought the headset and teetering on, should I return this or not? They've said, we will be continuously improving all aspects of the tracking algorithm in future updates. And no doubt their engineers will be furiously patching for at least the next couple of months until they run out of steam and give up. So one of these two futures is going to come to us. Either it's going to get to the point where it's acceptable or mm -hmm. it's not. So we've, we've yet to see. But okay, that's the, uh, that's the cosmos. S still not, still not convinced. Like, I mean, the the problem is, and I said that before as well. If you if the headset, like, it can have a rough launch. You know, a rough launch can be forgiving. But if you buy a headset that is worth so much money, and it doesn't work as it is advertised to do, it just simply it doesn't work. That is a problem because you're missing your initial launch window entirely. And people, when they load that up, they're going to return it. And they're going to say to everyone, yeah, don't buy this headset. They can fix it now, but it's too late. Yeah. Why release? I, I, like, just, I just don't late. understand. Like, why did they release? Why did they release? Why didn't they just wait? If it wasn't good enough, oh, I get it. Maybe, maybe they felt the urge of doing it right now, but... Holiday season, I don't know. perhaps? I don't know. Like, you know, because yeah. October, late October, if I remember correctly, when I was a kid, um, you know, that's 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 keen shopping season for some you know, uh, particularly in Western markets. So maybe it just made sense for them that way. But yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a hard one. So anyway, I wanted to mention it for anyone who might just have picked up a Cosmos. Um, it is something to keep an eye on. I think our hopes are pretty low, but that's yeah. where it is. Okay. okay. Now let's move into another little bit of a mess, at least a bit of confusion <laughs> in relation to Borderlands 2 PC VR launch. Uh, so I'll mention a couple of things here. Well, we run a little bit of a trailer. So for those of you who don't know, they look Borderlands looks kind of like me, cell shaded and all that. That's and, true. Um, yeah. You're right. I think the first thing that was a complete shock to me was the launch price of $50 or 40 pounds here in the UK 
Is that a fair price? How how much how much was it on PlayStation? Was it the same? No, I think it was, it was cheaper. I think it was cheaper than that. And when, when it, did it but that launched in I think it was December two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would have maybe I'm not saying that then there should be a discount and whatever. Um, but on PC, it's always different. And you can't just like release. I, I said it on Twitter as well. Like, I just think that you can't release a game that is launched originally in 2012. Wow. Launch that now for 50 euros with a VR update that is not, um, well, to say it friendly, uh, sufficient. <laughs> if you don't look at like what, for example, No Man's Sky did, Oh, amazing! It's just like the complete opposite. Complete like opposite. They, they did they did a DLC, a, 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 a free update, a free update uh, to everyone who already owned the game. At you could buy the game at a regular price that was consistent with the price according to the lifespan of the game, and the um, the way that they implemented virtual reality into that game was just was just brilliant. And with Borderlands now, with Borderlands 2, I have the impression that it's like a cash grab. Like, we're going to release this game, 50 euros, mm. and then yeah, we'll see what happens and we'll patch, like, you know, as it, as it goes but, along. But it is... It's not a new game. I mean, what about... Why what, is it what, priced what, so expensive? What, what about the effort for, like, you know, PC-grade texturing and all that upscale work? Now, maybe it isn't upscale work, you'll argue, because it was already on PC as a 2D game. I don't know. Is there any bump mapping that's visible in it? Do you remember, Nathan? Because you've played it on PlayStation. I. It's hard because it's such an old game. Uh. So it's hard to compare in, in that sense. Um, what I do in, know... In the chat, Onikaze is saying there was no upscale work. Oh. Uh, okay. So, so, and people also say that the price was 50 bucks uh, on PlayStation VR oh, originally. before. But it's funny that that community... It's just fine with that price, barely, because I never heard this this whole debacle about games are, price. Games are expensive uh, on PlayStation. Like, maybe that's a thing, and and they're maybe also like uh, getting like they're let's say they're easy to be happy with something that is in you know. There's a different culture in yeah, that the, sense. Yeah, the culture is um, less like Wild Wild West, and it's it's much more. Oh, it's on the platform. Thank you. You know, it's like yeah. you released something new on the platform. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I've got exactly. more to That's eat what from. I to say. You know, it yeah. definitely feels that way. But I mean, mm. it was originally released released on the PlayStation Three. Yeah. Like that, that's well, how old this game I, is. But remember, remember so, Skyrim released, right? We're going to go down a rabbit hole here, but <laughs> I think you can come with a high price tag, and provided your launch is works well across your market. I think people will pay it. I think uh, particularly they do, they for do, otherwise the price wouldn't be on there. And 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 they they like Gearbox sees this as a new a new game in a way. It's a part, yeah. But it's 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 new. But supply and demand. That's why the price is on no? there. And yeah, like I, what I should also say is that uh, back in the days in 2012, you bought the game and then you had to buy all the DLCs. I spent a lot of money oh, on the yeah. DLCs. I yeah, think true. I don't know how much. But now you buy. As far as that, this is the whole package. This is everything in there. This is, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, it's like- I think it's some of the DLC. I know that for sure. Some. I don't know if it's everything. Yeah. 
So no, like you need to kind of rate it on content. It's like this price is not based on the date. It's based on the content that is in there no, and that I, it's I, a I new think, board. I don't think that the price is based on the content at all. Because yeah. if you look at the no. original price, uh, there was way more content that had to be made because the story needs to be developed, uh, all the artwork needs to be designed. All of that needs to be ported to virtual reality, but that's not going to take as much time as it is to originally develop it. What does have an impact on the price, in my opinion, is that how many copies are we going to sell and how many copies do we need to sell for this price to be justified? So what I think is that they estimate a lower amount of copies to be sold and in order to you know, tell mm -hmm. their publisher or their, you know, their funder or whatever, uh, say like, okay, this, this, this game has made us money. It needs to be a higher price. Cause I don't, I, I think they, if they would have sold twice as much copies, uh, if they, in their estimates, then the price would also be tw twice as low. But I think because they think that the price, that, th that there's not a lot of copies that are going to be sold, they're going to increase the price in order to make up for that. So aside from the price ramp, right. And I would agree with you in terms of recouping cost. that's very common practice for large studios. A um, few things, right, that we've heard. Reddit has been reporting quite fervorously on a few things. Scale issues on specific headsets, namely Cosmos Vive, Vive Pro. Um, gun angle, also a problem. Um, so it's a bit surprising, I find. Uh, sorry, there's a third one as well. Apparently, if you use an index, if you use a Cosmos, those controllers will appear as a Vive wand default. So that support hasn't been directly implemented, which for me, for us, for Gearbox to release this in that state, knowing the market, there aren't that many big headsets. Mm -hmm. I'm really surprised. You it's know, for, and it's concerning at, too. At, at that price point, you're, you're kind of saying, hang on guys, you knew you were launching this. Did you get caught against a fixed published release date? Is that what happened? Well, I mean, like Gearbox doesn't decide when it goes out, right? It's two. Is it two K? I think it's two K. Like the the publisher in the phones, end is the one that just you know uh, <laughs> uses their whip and then it just you know goes live. Um, yeah, like it sounds. It sounds to me that they just they just uh, gave us the PlayStation VR part, but I just imagine too many too many like tweaks. But the thing is, like some of the headsets are working 2K. beautifully, I hear. As aside from the price being high, I hear that Oculus Rift and Rift S is working well. I've heard of no problems there. So chat, please no, keep me. No, that, that, one, that one worked fine. I played it for like two but hours. That, that, that kind of confirms the theory that I said just now, because we, we know now for a fact that the most amount of headsets beside the PlayStation, the most amount of PC VR headsets, is Oculus Rift S at the yeah. moment. Yeah. And the Oculus Quest is probably going to be Next. taking up that. And uh, that they made the Pen & Teller game too. So they were involved with the Oculus platform already uh, yeah. right before, you know, uh, Borderlands came out. Borderlands I, yeah. In terms of that point, Rowdy, um, Nathy tweeted something today, I think, um, that, that was a, a, a quote that said, Oculus Quest sales... And again, I don't know the source, Nathan, maybe you can talk to this more. Oculus Quest sales 180,000 units in quarter three alone. Yeah. Amazing. Back yeah, in the wow. day, do you remember DK1, DK2 shipment? I remember DK2 shipment was, I think it was like 30,000 or 20,000 in a year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't it know was, anymore. It was pretty but low. It was, it it was, was pretty low. low. So seeing those kinds of numbers is is great. Um, it's not often we actually get to see open book numbers. Um, so I hope the source is accurate. But um, yeah, one hundred eighty thousand in, in three months. 
pretty good. In the in the chat, and I, I think that was an important point that we we kind of missed as well. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned that before, but uh, Nashai said that it's it's missing co-op, which is one of the main reasons for playing Borderlands. And I kind of agree with that. Um, that something like that is not present in the fifty dollar uh, PC VR version is a shame. It's yeah. just a shame because why not? Money. Yeah. 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 All right, so let's uh, let's hop to our third little tidbit of uh, of weekly news. Um, this is uh, another game yet trying to topple uh, Beat Saber's so far unchallenged throne. It's a game called Audio Trip, released this week. Um, so the question I've got to ask is: um, so this new game is is it a real good trip, man, or did it stumble into an early grave? Um, I wonder because looking at it. And knowing there's a few other things, we'll talk about another title later, Synth Riders, that's also releasing. These games remind me of Airtone, which I yeah, know they, Nathan they, and I have played, yeah. and yeah, uh, make same. you look like a complete fool if uh, that's true. If nothing yeah. else, and I don't mind that so much. Uh, and the videos <laughs> that they do, these MR videos they do for pumping up these games, um, you know, I, I, I like I like the look of them. I think they're they're a fun thing to do, especially when they do a quality job of it. They really, you know, this this video is is, is one of the better mixed reality videos I've seen. So, my question there for Audio Trip is, um, how does it play? Nathan, you had a little bit of time with it, so um, yeah. Uh, so talking? I I got to play it for like ten minutes uh, at the uh, HTC office when I tried the, the Cosmos, yeah. and uh, so. First of all, I'm not that into like rhythm VR titles. I usually just, you know, cover them for my for my YouTube channel. I played loads, you know, I played Synth Riders 2 and Airtone. Uh, but um yeah, I don't know. Um it's 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 great if you if you if you're into music, it's 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 fun. It's a good workout. But I don't I, I'm not the one to ask if if <laughs> if I would recommend this or not. Because the thing is, as you mentioned, there's synth riders, there's airtone, there are more. Yeah. And they all they all play, well, to a certain degree the same. They're all based on the same genre. And uh, I, I think what it comes down to, who has the best music? Uh, yeah, it's the same I, with Beat Saber, who gets the best artists and uh, syncs them up uh, well enough right now. It, it all seems to be very indie, but if they can get like maybe, you know, and I know it's expensive in the music business, but have some some more well-known artists, then you start to attract people to just that. Um, but so far, as far as I know, it's all like self-crafted or at least, you know, and also, I, I a lot think, of it's self-crafted. I think a part of it is also like what you like as well, because I do think that the mechanics in each of those games is, are fairly different. Uh, yes, they're all based on rhythm, but if you have a, a rhythm game on a PC, you know, it's it's fairly limited what you need to do. You know, you, you need to press certain buttons or like on your Guitar Hero controller, you need to press buttons. But with this, like it's still much more active. You know, you move around a lot. You know, with Beat Saber, you got sabers with, uh, with uh, how is the other one called? With the boxing gloves? How is that one called? Uh, box, VR. Uh, box VR. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you have like all kinds of like different kind of mechanics. So it kind of, this is a little bit to what you enjoy the most as well, I think. That's true. But although like Synth Riders, Airtone, and Audio Trip get really close to each other. Really close. With and gameplay. Really close. Uh, they, they, like they they actually look... I was like, when I saw a video of one, I was like, oh, it's Airtone. It's like, that's yeah. not Airtone. The so, only difference is, is that Airtone, I think this is like, if we talk about Airtone, it's like the mother of like this genre. Uh, and uh, it has a story to it in a way. 
there's like a character that joins you while you're, you know, uh, finishing all these songs. I like the story. Yeah. I like the, so it's, it, it was a Japanese, uh, Japanese studio, yeah. I believe that released Airtone and, um, it showed, uh, it definitely showed it. It's imbued with some like anime culture and it's weird, but I found that was really fun, uh, when mm -hmm. playing Airtone and, uh, it does, it makes you, it's a bit like. It's a bit like playing, um, oh, what was that uh, League of Legends Beat Saber track? What's that? Um, um, bollocks. Chat's going to know this. But anyway, um, the one that makes you prance around like a little girl. Um, but anyway, it was a Korean track, I think it was. But um, <laughs> That's a different game, Zim. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, I, I definitely want to play some more audio trip to, to say if this is a great game or not. But... Right now, it's like the community that has been hyping it up. I know that the people who made uh, Audio Trip have very good relationships with everyone within the community, so you can see that it, you know, pops up everywhere, and that's great. You know, you should definitely, you know, invite all of your friends to check it out. But uh, I'm, I'm still like, I, I still want to really see if it's good or not. I don't know what the reviews are reflecting at this moment. But again, for me personally, it's more about the tracks. Where can I play the best? albums and not mm. specifically the gameplay because in in case of as we said those other titles they kind of do the same but that, they might not have the thing, best tracks um, that's another thing and like I, I saw that someone mentioned in the chat as well like you know i think it's a audio trip that has like music from like uh, dap mouse and like lady gaga and like the more like popular like pop music uh, artists correct but at the same time if you if you want your game to be live streamed and if you want youtubers to show your game it might not be the best route to go for those kind of like copyrighted music mm. because they likely will not be featuring it on, on their channel because well, they get copyright strikes. It's so, hard. That, so, so that's also something you need to keep in mind. Yeah, and, 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 and that's of, something uh, that, that we have seen Beat Saber do before. Like Yaroslav went to Google and said, like, listen, we have a game, we have music. Yeah. How can we find a way to, you know, uh, get the artist the money they, they should get? And how can we, you know, so they, they are looking into that. I don't know if Audio Trip is doing that. Um, because in the end, if you if just look at it in, in, in a basic way, audio trip, Beat Saber, etc., they're like Spotify in a way. But they are. Like you're playing this is exactly Spotify. it. The, the, the spine behind it that you're talking about should exist as a pipeline. And that pipeline, like even that, that actually sounds like a great idea. You know, you get you get some execs from from Spotify to create an API that allows you to open up like that yeah. whole track set and licensing and pay through. Yeah. So that yeah. their click model or their view model or listen model um, can be bridged into VR games because it's yeah. a very common problem. And, and that's the balance that what Rowdy said, right? You've got on one side, you've got the desire of for popular music and the conflict with the legal system of yeah. being able to attribute that, you know, those plays. Because at the end of the day, if you're a dev, you would love to, I'm sure, help out indie music, you know, as well. And so those are things that won't cause strikes for people who are creating content, streaming it and showing their friends it. Um, but at the same time, if you could just very easily line the pockets of the artists who want the music, it seems like a win-win-win, right? Your mm -hmm. game gets more yeah. popular, more people want to play it. And in the end of the day... Artist gets all the money as well. So. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, 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 Beat Saber is the only one that I think can pull it off right now because as, as, if you're an artist, you can see like, wow, this game is popular. So if I release my songs there, maybe people listen to more of my albums. And like Audio Trip and Synthrise, they're so small. They're like indie titles in that sense. Like yeah, yeah. Beat Saber became like a triple A within 
the you know the VR industry. So they they have the leverage, they have the numbers. Of course, like I, I think if they like lay some stats on the table at labels, I think they can do a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I shudder and think maybe maybe still VR's numbers are still maybe too small. They look at them and go, <laughs> go back in 10 years. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so um, one other thing I was just going to say is that, uh, Rowdy, you were talking about the different styles of uh, audio VR games. And I'm big into rhythm games, love them. Um, mm-hmm. I can't really get enough. And you got things like Dance Central, which actually take you into the music. Um, there were two titles early on, Audio Shield, which is completely like fallen apart, but that was really the pioneer and even the pioneer for yeah. mixed reality videos. It had yeah. like MR video out like a year before anyone else was doing it. <laughs> and then um, Beats Fever, which loads of people think oh. is like this clone of Beat Saber. It's like it was out like a year and a half before or whatever. It was pretty good. But you get these like pokey sticks that some people poke with or some people use like um, the bop, the groundhog thing with the music both of those are solid games i think that audio shield mm-hmm. is just a bit sad because uh the way it was working it was working with like a pipe through from youtube and that got blocked mm-hmm. so the game is like it's now with like an empty husk yeah. yeah i think i think the best uh, game is still the one where you can play with the pop stick yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> how's it called is it hotel it's based on a movie yeah exactly hotel transylvania i'm so glad i did not Go that way. All right. So let's talk about something chilling. Um, If you are someone who um, is really keen on either scaring your family, friends, folks, whatever, you're a content creator, you want to do that, we're going to touch on some games that are from the past that are quality you can trust if you want to go buy something uh, for this lovely holiday season, which, uh, which is maybe a little different from what we said is on Steam at the moment, this waterfall of, of new push for <laughs> Halloween titles that we have. Um, so I'm going to go through a couple of those. Before I do that, I want to get these boys thinking and chat as well. So um, think about this. What was the scariest cinematic moment? I'll go for kind of original films. We'll strive away from VR for a second. What was your scariest movie moment uh, watching a film? in your life okay. and i'm curious about that so think about it hold it for the moment i i i've had that question already multiple times i can immediately answer you know it immediately one. i don't yeah, mind yeah. go on if you want to you go on answer yeah now. so everyone has seen like um the grudge right mm. you the mean the grudge like, is a is a korean film the original korean film yeah uh, or uh-huh. japanese i don't know wh- which one it is um but what they what they've done in the I didn't like the American remake. So in the American remake, you have like a staircase that goes down, and the woman or creature or whatever comes down the stairs with her hands like you know like 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 on the side like you know and her neck is like breaking the entire time. Yeah. She comes down a straight uh, staircase. I, I'm much into atmospheric horror. I don't like like jump scares. They don't really work. But what they've done in the in the original movie is that they go. They have a, a, a corner in that stairs. So first you see her coming down the stairs from the side. And then there's this pillar, you know, and the, the music like quiets down as she comes down. And the, there is this pillar where she like disappears from. And then like her head like pops like behind that pillar before she goes down the straight path. That is uh, even thinking about it gives me like shivers on my back just because I thought that was so well done and like if, if you watch that movie like in the dark and it's so different compared to like the american remake that's that's really one of the of the freakiest movies that i've seen the original grudge oh brilliant yeah. okay so we're gonna hold the chat stuff for later that that's a good choice there rowdy 
Um, I give an example of mine. Mine is not a traditional horror film. That is the <laughs> scariest moment I ever had. Mine was Independence Day, the original Independence Day. You're thinking, what? I was 11. My dad took <laughs> me to the cinema. I was in the Caribbean at the time, this dodgy little cinema that had two screens. I mean, two screen cinema is pretty small. And it was like, it was obviously pitch dark in the, in the cinema. And it got to the point where the aliens and that, they were showing the aliens, they're starting to hint at the aliens. I'd never seen a trailer or something. It was just, we went to see the film, right? And it got to the point where I like, I was so scared. I pulled my legs up onto the seat because I was scared that someone was going to grab my legs. And that's, <laughs> and that, that was mine. I was, I was so fucking terrified. I still remember it to this day out of everything else. I'd say my best like horror film probably was the uh, original alien film. That is a fantastic sci-fi mm. horror experience, you know? Yeah. Um, Nathan, do you want me, do you want to do some thinking or do you want me to get a, a yeah, so I, I am actually, like, I'm watching this scene right now. I'm like, oh, God, like, I remember this stuff. It's so scary. It's so scary. I had to, like, double check if, if this was not my imagination. Because usually if you watched something scary, yeah. you make it even worse in your mind later down the road. Yeah. But, yeah, this is pretty disturbing. Um, so I, um, I I would say a scene out of uh, A Woman in Black, Ooh. the first one, where... Yeah, all I can say, because I don't want to spoiler like the entire story, but there is this moment where there's a guy in this haunted house and then he's looking out of the window and there's this 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 graveyard and then you see like a cross sticking out of like, you know, the the ground and then this this little, I don't know, kid is, is coming out of the ground and then slowly walks to the house and that that's all I can say, but it's my days it's so scary dude it's so scary the thing is i worked as a follow spot on the woman in black stage production which is a really limited it's like single scene uh, mm. when it's in theater so follow spot means you're the dude who does the the spotlight or that follows like some of the cast but when you're up in that part of uh it, it was like a square it was like a square theater right and you all the people seating sitting down there and you're up in the, in the top bit and it's all dark, right? So you 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 get scared as the story is going along. But like I I totally I, I don't I didn't think anyone knew that. It's a kind of a not that well known title, uh, and I actually haven't seen. So it was a film, was it? Yeah, it was a film. I yeah. need to see it because yeah. I haven't seen it yet. But I, I like I do have to agree with Rowdy. Like m movies that are like the Japanese horror movies are like so freaking scary. It's like Japanese the Ring, Stell or Shutter. Shutter is also like one mm. that just. Ooh. But uh, yeah, there you have it. I like this. I, lo I love getting the, uh, you just see the, the, the aftermath of the fear and the grins of these fellas. Like, it's great. So chat yeah. is lighting yeah. up. It is absolutely going nuts. I'm going to do my list, then we're going to go to chat. So Nathie, pick okay. a few ones out that you okay. like in terms of the stories. I think we'll be able to cover all of them. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to run through some Halloween appropriate chillers you mightn't know. Um, and for, as I said, I, I always like to think of our creators as fellow creators as well. And it's like, what am I going to play for my audience? Well, here's a list. Now I'm just going to blab them out in a list of, um, it's 35 intense and frightening games that you can play around Halloween. If you really want to scare yourself or somebody else, mm -hmm. we're just going to do them in little chunks of five here. So first five, uh, alien isolation, monstrum, dread halls, Hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades, the special limited time DLC. <laughs> that is serious stuff. Like don't 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 fool around with that. That's seriously scary. Like, I'm not gonna lie. 
That's a serious scary game. That stuff that stuff is horrible. When I went into there like it was like a murder grinder house, that stuff was like, <laughs> "Oh my god." And even though it's all covered in hot dogs, which adds a little bit of comedic relief, I suppose, it was creepy. And then <laughs> this is the point, this is the, the one I was going to talk about earlier. Did any of you play The Thrill of the Fights Halloween DLC where they had you box a zombie? No. Yeah, I remember that. It was that. awesome. It was he was so hard to you couldn't take him down. He kept coming at you. You kept punching him, and he was all on top of you. And it really felt like a zombie was attacking you. And I really hope, I really hope. I don't know. I needed I need to tweet the uh, the dev, but I hope that the thrill of the fight Halloween DLC is going to make a, a another coming with the release on Quest. I'd love to see it. So that's the first set. Kitchen PSVR demo. Here they lie. Thumper, Ghost Town Mine Ride and Shooting Gallery, oh. and Until Dawn Rush of Blood. <laughs> you remember that one, Athey? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you know, some of these, like I were talking about the, the mine ride one, but like some some games, like they they overuse this this like same scary thing all the time. Yeah. That after all, you kind of get used to it, but then if it doesn't happen for a while, you're like, okay, yeah, sure. And then it happens again. And some some like like what I what like when I watch you play you know the the the, the couch uh, experience the yep. VR one yep. it was all like so like overwhelming with all these scares all the time that it becomes kind of funny it's in funny. a way from yeah. the outside hilarious um, although the my right one has some very good scares to it oh, this yeah, is good this is good cool, so yeah. you guys like you guys, this is perfect you guys are reacting to like one thing out of the five perfect okay here's another set of five so Resident Evil Seven we've talked about that before but I'm going to include in that list. The banned footage DLC one and two because those are horrific. Uh, Which one? I don't know that. The banned footage DLC. So there's there's a room escape where mom is you're in a bed and you have to get out. That's horrible. The one where your fingers you're getting chopped off. That's another horrible one. There's some awful DLC uh, in in terms of Resident Evil. There's even one that's like old school Resident Evil where you're just trying to escape the um, I forget what they're called but the zombies or the evil black creatures, I forget what they're called, um, in Resident Evil. And you're trying to make it mm. make it to kind of sunrise. So it's kind of like a mm. Five Nights at Freddy's model. But um, those are both worth doing. Narcosis, which is more of an underwater one. Great story, by the way, if you play it through. From Other Sons, I won't explain that. Raw Data <laughs> and Doom VFR. Okay. Uh, that, that screaming From Other Sons will never go out of my head, Zim. <laughs> It is the scared it, from other sons. If you had asked me a VR game that scared me the most, I've never thrown a controller and leapt into the air ever, except for that one time in from other sons. So anyway, that's enough. This next set is interesting. Attack of the Bugs, Wilson's Heart, In Death, Dead Effect 2 VR, and Subnautica. These are also going forward in time at the same time. Attack of the Bugs. Attack of the it's, Bugs is it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. If you, if you don't like bugs, that's that is awful. awful. Could you say that the alien in Alien Isolation is also kind of like a big bug, in a way? <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You mean the xenomorph? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. He's close to a big bug. All right. Couple yeah. more here now. Uh, Atex Cybernetic, Exorcist Legion VR, Face Your Fears 1 and 2, which are very different games. The yeah. Forest, uh-huh. oh, Face Your Fears 1 and 2. That was, in, that was the parts of that list. 
ah, these are fun. I remember my wife screaming her head off. Uh, Affected the manor. It's an old school one. Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Drop Dead. I think, Nathan, you mentioned that one earlier. Yes. PT, Silent Hill's playable teaser, which is now Mm -hmm. VRified. Now, Mm -hmm. it was available for a short time. It got taken down. But you can actually download that at our virtual reality. That's the the virtual reality subreddit. And A. Jilling has put up a Megafile download. So if you want to go. That is horrible. That is that is really that is really naughty. Yeah, and especially in VR. Yeah, no. Ah, you can also have it as a uh, as far as I know, Steam VR. You can have it as your home uh, screen. Oh, really? Yeah, the hallway, and then you just uh, load your games there. (laughs) Why? Why Why would anyone do that? Like, (laughs) I I played in there, and I was like, still scared. Was just nothing happened there, and I was just, you know, if if someone would install that on my headset, that would be one of the reasons why I would not go back into virtual reality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! You can hang out in there. The last one in that list was Vertigo, um, because of the cat. Ah. Oh, you'll know when you meet the cat. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Last last short list. Here we go. Five Nights at Freddy's VR, the Copper Canyon Shootout. That's not really scary. Why is that in there? The Morrigan, Red Matter, and Westworld Awakening. Okay. What okay. is the Morrigan again? What is that one? The Morrigan. It's an RPG, oh. actually. It was just recently on sale. Um, some people might have picked it up, and that yeah. it, it's usually selling for about fifteen pounds, I think. So about twenty dollars. It's one of those. It's, that's it's one of those hidden like, gems. Uh, it's an indie. It's a hidden gem for sure. It's early access still, but it's very polished. I love it. Uh, it's one of my favorite like mini RPGs. So if you don't have a huge budget and you want to, you know, pick something up that's really quality, yeah, the Morrigan is really cool. It's kind of eerie. It's not really terrifying, but it's it's got I, I, a real dungeon vibe to I, it, and it, it feels great. Like everything you can pick up and use as a weapon: arms, skulls, axes. Yeah. I think the most terrifying game Rowdy ever played was uh, the Minotaur uh, title. Uh, the Minotaur? Oh, uh, what? How is that one? Yeah, cool that's again? like it's somewhere per- Perseus? hidden within Perseus? His... Perseus. Was that Perseus on uh, PlayStation VR? No idea, but yeah. you played something that was so scary that I don't know what happened. I think what is also kind of scary is. Uh, the launch of Jumanji VR and uh, <laughs> and the, the Halo Recruit one. That was also pretty terrifying, if I have to be honest. Still has nightmares about that one. Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathy means it was a horrible game. and Really one of the worst. That, so that's the full list of that. <laughs> We've talked about our favorite yeah. scary movies, um, which... This is. Just to, just to talk about the little gif I was running. Yeah. Um, that's from Scream. Which, like Independence Day, I can't believe this now, was 1996. What? 1996. Independence Day and Scream both landed then. Insane. People from my generation would say, oh, but that's the guy from Scary Movie, right? Uh, that's <laughs> exactly. that's how I I was always like you know scream what is scream it's you from know, scary you movie. know it from the from the piss take exactly all right yeah. so Nathy in terms of chat yes have you have you picked out a couple of yeah. a, a couple of gems that you yeah you we have a few um, so Zipon uh, said mine is watching the fly when I was about five years old oh yeah Ooh, I remember that one then we have Wells uh, Sossi saying uh, um, that he uh, watched uh, Blair Witch. 
very creepy. Yeah. I watched that one uh, on my own in a dark room. But that's also terrified. one of them that like does like atmospheric horror so well. Yeah, like the entire movie is just scary from beginning to end. They were the first so popularized. Uh, they were the first popularized found footage. Yeah. Film. So yeah, actually, I don't think I've ever was, watched Blair Witch. I need to. Grab my wife it was and on a, watch it tonight. It was on like a like a student, right? Wasn't it a student to, that had to make like a movie project? I think I think that was the whole concept behind it. I don't think it was an actual student project. So so a cool story about that is that I watched a video on YouTube of people going to those locations. I love to do that where people go back and they show like, oh, this is where one scene got shot, and the house from Blair Witch was there. Like was in the forest for a while. It's now gone, but everything was still, you know, present. All these little hands on the walls and all these scribbles and stuff. Like, imagine you go there even at day. It's like super. Like they left everything there from the movie. It's crazy. Okay, let's let's move on. Um, we have Swift, um, who watched the movie Darkness Falls. Never can think of the Tooth Fairy without a shudder now. Yeah. Um, then we have Jamie Cruz. He says, uh, the old TV show from the 70s, Salem's Lot, when the kid floats up to the window and starts scratching on the window and oh. says, open the window. Salem's open Lot. Open it. Jesus. Okay. That's, yeah, that's not what I've seen. Uh, and then we have a flippo side, uh, uh, Jaws. When I saw it in the cinema, I was scared to use the bathroom because I thought <laughs> the shark would get me. I was very young. That is the worst but kind I, of horror. I, I totally feel everyone, like, I remember David coming home and he watched It. And he was like, you know, every, like he, he was on the bike and he said, like, yeah, maybe maybe he's in the forest somewhere, you know. And <laughs> like, you get the feeling that this monster or whatever it is, is, is somewhere, right? Yeah, it, that's that's the worst part about, you know, watching the horror movie and then surviving the... The upcoming weeks after, if, right? If I can, uh, if I can make a personal recommendation, yeah. you should all go watch uh, the movie Black Sheep. Oh, Black Sheep! <laughs> yeah, okay, that's uh, yeah. Just look that one up. A no explanation. Like the sheep. Oh yeah, yeah um, and then uh, we have two more. Uh, Poonanners uh, says, uh, uh, "Event Horizon and the Ring oh, traumatized oh, yeah. a generation." Uh, Event Horizon is like a—it's a, uh, it's a sci-fi film, and it is. It's horrible. It's R. I remember it coming out as R, and I was like, I can't watch it. I watched it ten years later, and I was like, in certain segments, I literally had to move, look, like look away. It was that bad. Oh, so uh, Ken Bai is saying that uh, the Blair Witch Project uh, was a studio project. It was made for uh, like twenty five k and an indie darling from Sundance. Yeah. Okay. So it was a Sundance okay. film, not a student film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. it was indie. Yeah. 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 There you have it. And then uh, well, to finish it up, we have, uh, I think this is the name, Jacob's Letter. Jacob's 1990 was a pretty psycho, creepy movie. I've heard of it. I, I think I might have seen it, but I, I'm trying to remember what the plot was. Um, great. I'm glad everyone's sharing their favorite scary <laughs> yeah. shit because it's that time of year when, you know, if you're looking for something new, sometimes getting a recommendation or knowing that it scared someone else and then watching it and either getting scared yourself or going like, you are such a wuss. How did that scare you? You know, that's, that's the brilliant, that's the brilliance of, uh, of Halloween. So I hope everyone's having good fun parties, making, uh, making the special effort to do something different. Um, and certainly this is no different for VR. No doubt there will be parties in, you know, VR chat and all those kinds of social apps. Um, so do make an effort to uh, connect with people. If you're normally 
like Rowdy, you know, hiding under a bridge and, and not liking people. It's the holiday That's season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's transition. It's time for Undead Zim to do a little bit of what we call releases. So what what titles are releasing this week amidst the entire wave of Halloween titles coming out? Have mercy there are a few. on our wallets and our soul. There, there are actually there are actually a few um, to <coughs> to calm your soul. <coughs> so the first title of these is Pirates of the Asteroid Belt. Pirates of the Asteroid Belt is a sci-fi story-driven role-playing ad- action adventure game. Um, this is not a routine trip. You have to solve puzzles, deal with... I don't understand this bit. Deal with friendly inhabitants. What does that mean? <laughs> you got to get friendly what? with the locals? Like, not, not unfriendly. You got to deal ask with Rowdy. Rowdy friendly inhabitants. Is this like the neighbor you didn't like? Not, not it. In space? And fight enemies <laughs> to escape a space station captured by pirates. So... I'm rolling the trailer. This is by Garden Horse Studio. Uh, it launched on October 24th. Uh, it's 16.49 pounds or 20 US dollars, and it's uh, available on PC VR platforms. Now, I've not played it, but to me, um, I would say if you were begging for a cheaper, uh, accessible from other suns for non-Oculus environments, I guess you got what you wanted. Um, but to me, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that I'd find myself playing, being a single player experience, and <clears throat> obviously kind of Indian nature. It doesn't look too bad uh, put together. But I'm just wondering, Rowdy, you're our single player story lad. Would you play yeah. this? Uh, I'm I'm checking the trailer right now. Like I mean, it sounds interesting, but looking at the trailer, I've, I don't know if it will keep me interested long enough yeah like i i like single player driven games but i don't like the puzzle aspect often uh and it does look like that is like a, a very popular thing in this uh oh, a very like you know consistent thing in this uh in this game yeah um so you like the know, stories maybe. but you, you don't have the patience necessarily if, yeah, yeah i don't yeah. I, I need to puzzle enough at work. Like, I'm not going to do that in my free time. And <laughs> hey, that's a good excuse. Like, yeah, you know, I'm already doing too much in my real life. So, okay. So that's Pirates of the Asteroid Belt. Again, if you have been itching for something like From Other Suns, then maybe that'll, that'll be your thing. Um, all right. Next, we talked about this briefly earlier on a section Synth Riders. So, yet another beat, uh, rhythm beat game. I'm going to roll their trailer, too. So $15.49, $18. It's on PCVR and Quest um, by Clues Interactive landing on the 31st of October. Again, if you saw earlier both um, <clears throat> the, the trailers for Audio Tone and Audio Trip, you might be a bit confused because it is a kind of a similar motion. What I don't understand is why the orbs have to be spinning. Is that just to kind of feck with us? I don't know. Maybe it was to add some motion to the scene. Uh, but apparently they've got 21 songs from top synthwave and electro rock. And let me stress electro rock because that is what plays in the trailer. And I was like, okay, that's unique because that's a unique aspect. You hit colored notes that correspond with the beat. And some notes need to be hit with both. Sounds a lot like Audio Shield to me and some of the other games we've played. Um, I've heard good reports of people playing it and enjoying it. So again, similar to what Nathie was saying, you've got these different variants of the same thing. 
And if uh, if you're up for just a different exercise regime, then maybe just another one to put in. 18 bucks to get you in. Um, that's that one. Uh, so apparently good for a workout or a chill session. I don't know what they mean by a chill session. Who chills and hits music blocks? Also, also uh, Vivian is saying that they're doing uh, on the release day of Synth, uh, Synth Riders a tournament in Altspace. Ooh, a tournament in Altspace. Oh. Thank you to yeah. our... Esports correspondent Vivian. All right. <laughs> All right. Next, and uh, <clears throat> the last of the three that I selected for this week Journey for Elysium, a PC VR game that's in black and white. Not often we have those. Go on. It's a race. Which one of you will name a black and white VR title for me? Go. Wilson's Heart. Yep, that's one. There's another one. Um... Another one. It's based on sound. Oh, uh, yeah. Blind. Uh, the, the blind, oh. yeah. Exactly. Oh, one was point that? each. Good job, gents. And, and this one is, uh, is Elysium, right? This is Journey for Elysium. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a Belgian game because I met yeah. the developers. Oh, you met the devs. Were they nice? Yeah, yeah they're, they're really friendly. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. I was kind of hoping he was going to say nah. Um, no. No. Imagine. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> so this is a story-driven VR game. Spawned over on Kickstarter, obviously has survived this long, that will immerse you in a fictional setting inspired by ancient mythology. While I don't get that from the trailer, the black and white certainly gripped me. I like this. And as a player, you're meant to use your wit and skills to overcome a series of increasingly elaborate challenges. I think we call those puzzles, Rowdy. Um, <laughs> to reach Elysium and obtain redemption. This reminds me of uh, Edith Hamilton's... Um, short book on Greek mythology, just called Mythology, uh, that I had to learn in high school. Uh, but that's a great book if you really want to, you know, uh, catch up on all that Greek mythology stuff. Yep. There you go. Edith Hamilton's very polished. mythology. Very polished. It does look good. It looks good. It's definitely something that, um, again, I think we can add to the stack of things that are ready for the season. And if it's something and, that And you're, if you're... If you're like me and you absolutely love puzzle games, then you'll you'll likely like this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the thing is for me, I find um, there's a few things that VR games do, you know, and we we keep seeing these trends. But the latest trend of like puzzle slash room escape stuff seems to be permeating the last two years. And like you, sometimes in a VR game, I just wanna, I don't know, I just I just kind of want to relax. So I, I appreciate when there's some new game design that comes at us. Now, before mm -hmm. we continue, um, I'm going to talk to – now, originally I wanted to show you the uh, – I didn't I didn't bring the link up, unfortunately. It's a complex link. So I'm just going to talk to these. But there is a list – I'll show you on the screen here as well. There's a list of Steam games. Uh, I think it's like 17 or something Steam games, all of which are releasing next week. And so I thought I'd rattle off the titles that are coming just to give them something. So we talked about Ryko's Fragments. Lavender doesn't sound like a horror game, does it? Um, <sighs> we've got Root Beer on Tap. I actually played that. Project Zed. That's a fearful one. Monster Reapers VR. Beasts Shall Rise. Pagan Peak VR. I had a peek at that. That looked kind of good. Shizu, Innocent Curse. The Lighthouse VR Escape Room. I just told you. Escape Rooms, lads. Oh, yeah. Dement. Love them. Journey for Elysium. Liz Before the Plague. I love how they just come at like pain and suffering in so many different ways, these titles. <laughs> Party Pumper. That's one. That's the zombies getting lit on the dance floor. That I don't think that's a zombie one. Uh, Music Killer. That one might be. And um, Newton's House of Forces. That sounds like science. 
that's for Rowdy then. All right. So that, those are the, that's the wave of titles. If you want to check him out, go for it. Um, I figured that us, you know, telling you a little bit about past games and reacting to those was maybe a better idea than dipping into X number of Steam titles we have launching that are honed around the Halloween season. So with that, now we get to move on to our next segment, the main course. You've been waiting for this intestines and goop all over. It's GTA 5 VR. And Nathie's going to tell us what that's all about. How is how is GTA 5 and VR, Nathie? That sounds like a bit of a trip itself. Yeah, well, um, as you may have heard of, is that uh, a new mod got released, I think it was last week, called the Real Mod that allows you to play GTA uh, in VR again. Because this is not the first time. I think... We have seen loads of mods for the last three years that all kind of did the same. And it is immerse you into the world of uh, GTA. And this is the, the one that is the most up-to-date. Uh, it's very similar to the experience you would get with Farpex, although this mod does not need Farpex, so that means it's free. Um, and it allows you to uh, be in the world of GTA with positional tracking, so you can go left, right, and lean forward, backwards. You could uh, play at room scale too, but the uh, the downside of this mod is that it does not have motion controller support. So you can only play it with a gamepad or a mouse and keyboard. Although I still enjoy playing it even without the motion controllers because you could say, yes, it's a downside, but I can tell you, I once played a GTA mod in where I could use my my controllers and I could you know drive with one hand and shoot with the other out of a car. It's great, it's awesome. But if you want to play the entire campaign from start to finish, you're gonna run into some issues sometimes. And this mod is you know a seated one. Uh, the controls are just you know the, the controls getting used are the native ones from GTA. So technically, you can just play the entire game without any problems. So yeah, motion controller support sounds fun, but it can also be problematic. So this one is solid, it works, and it's immersive. You really feel like you're in GTA. It's, How did it's you fun. install this mod? Where can people get it? Yeah, so um, I made a video on my channel uh, explaining how to do it. it. Takes like three, four minutes to watch, and then you you know enough. Um, and then I also linked to the uh, Reddit page there. Um, they um, they covered the whole you know thing of hey, how how do you play it? What can you expect? Uh, what can the problems be? Uh, things like that. Um, and yeah, it, it I think it takes you like 15, 20 minutes max to set it all up. And then you're uh, you're ready to uh, to go. And yeah, I checked it out myself. Uh, for me, performance wise, it's just fine. Uh, GTA nowadays isn't that much of a you know uh, hurdle anymore to run. I would say for me at least. Um, but if you have a, a lower specs, then it might be a little problematic. Let's say if you can't even run GTA Five pro uh, properly on a pancake monitor then I'm not so sure if you want to try the VR one because it can be quite intense, right? Um, the, yeah. The thing with me was a bit like, I mean, I saw the Reddit post as well, but like as soon as I heard no motion controllers, I just immediately like lost interest. And I understand that, of course, like if, if you want to play the full game in, uh, in, in VR, then it makes sense indeed to get like, you know, like the, the controller support. But yeah. I, 
I think that most VR gamers, like they've either already played uh, GTA or they want to like, you know, try out to visit their favorite locations just mm-hmm. in doing it in VR uh, and just drive around and get your gun out and shoot people like that. Yeah. Like, I, I think those those are the things that, because I, 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 I was thinking like, should I, should I try it out? But I was like, yeah, I'm, for me, it's more like you're a virtual camera. Then you're walking around, and you're like, if if, if anyone would integrate it with with motion controls, I know that there was this this Vorpax mod uh, that was there uh, mm-hmm. a while ago, and I yeah. think it's still active now. That had that, and actually worked fairly fairly okay. Yeah, it's it's called Grand Theft Auto VR. Yeah, um, exactly. this this mod uh, made use out of Vorpax. So Vorpax is a program like a 3D injector. You need to buy. Uh, it's not, it's not cheap. Thirty five dollars, I think, was the price. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it has always been the same price. You you buy it yeah. as a license. Yeah. Um, and um, but I'm I'm thinking about diving back in, like, cause I I think that has recently been updated as well, and maybe just like trying that one out with the motion controllers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's the funny part that uh, this mod um, right now only supports the Rift. Revive doesn't pick it up for some reason. I did try it on my index, but for some reason it doesn't want to do that. I do think we're gonna see more headsets getting supported uh, in in this mod. But uh, what 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 the thing is here is that when this got posted, the other guys who once made that Grand Theft Auto VR mod and also others, they were like. But wait a second! Uh, now I'm gonna update mine too. So then suddenly they all like come back from their graves. They all wake up, and then suddenly they're all starting to update it. And I like that's the thing that bothers me is that I haven't really seen anyone keeping their mod up to date. It's always like you know getting outdated after do six months. And I do get it. It's all like free time you put in exactly. there. Speak, um, speaking of the mod, there, there's a really um, Interesting, and I hope this is this is true. Uh, D one three sixty VR says. By the way, the mod was made by the same guy that made No One Lives Forever Two, which was a game that I used to love back yeah. in the day. Now that's 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 going back a ways. It's probably twelve years or something. But I I would I would I love to see cross dev interaction. You know, like that that actually there are developers on on main titles who are also just modding other people's games. Like, I, I don't get yeah. to see that that often. But mm-hmm. if someone says to me, you know, the person behind coding this game that you loved actually did this mod, I would definitely pipe in. Actually, you guys probably don't know this, but I ran across um, Marcus Person, Notch, the guy behind Minecraft, um, it, before Minecraft became popular because of his left 4K dead little indie project, which was Left 4 Dead in a 4K file. Uh, So four kilobits of information. It was one of those, um, one of those projects that, uh, what do you, what do you call them? Like a, like an indie jam type thing, but I don't, I think it might've not had a, uh, a, a specific release window. It was just a project. You had to stay within a four, uh, four kilobyte container. Mm. That was pretty good. So again, another quickie, I'm sure you can still find that on the web somewhere if you were interested in trying out left 4k dead, but this seems like a bit of a blast. I, I played, um, Far Cry back in the day with Vorpex, and mm. actually it was a pretty good experience. It was Far Cry Three, um, yeah, you know. But I think when people ask me about injectors, 
it's just a very different cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it, I, I feel like I feel like in nowadays, I, I feel like in injectors are less welcome. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I start, you know, I bought it like years and years ago. So I already like the money I put in there. I already earned that back in a way with all the experiences I had and how much fun I, you know, and. Same right now with Call of Duty just releasing. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should try this mission in Farpex. Maybe I should just give it a try and see what it looks like. Um, but yeah, but the, the problem with Farpex is that people get the wrong idea of what it is and then they buy it and they figure out it's not the same. So with this GDA mod, for example, it's like proper VR. It's like you're you're in the world. Well, Farpex, as Rowdy mentioned, it's like a screen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, if you have no motion controllers, it can also feel like a screen, but you're at least able to move within this world. Um, and um, I do feel like there's still room for Farpacks because as Rowdy said, Farpacks works, worked very well with the Grand Theft Auto VR mod that allowed you to use you know, controllers. And yeah. also my favorite game, Bioshock Infinite, um, had the same treatment where there is positional tracking in Bioshock you can, you know, lean around a corner and use your gamepad or mouse and keyboard to shoot. But it is VR. Um, but yeah, there are so many different levels of what VR is and what it means. But there you have it. It's 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 a free mod, and if you have GTA, then you can enjoy it. I I think it's awesome. It's it's fun, and uh, I played a couple of missions. I did a heist, and it, it's like reliving the game in a total different way, like you did with Skyrim. It's like wait, everything looks way bigger now, or or things are more. So yeah, it's it's not for everyone, but if you're you know an adventurer and you 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 are ready to get a little motion sick, then uh, go for it because it, it is it is intense. This is not for uh, a regular uh, VR uh, player. Now this is this is crazy. I jumped out of a plane while uh, sitting in a jeep with with the car. I just went out and then it started tumbling like crazy. I was just laughing my ass off I, like always. I, I have to say, I'm and, I'm watching you like run down a highway. Or a motorway <laughs> with a grenade in hand. You're just like making as much chaos as possible. I mean, honestly, it looks like fun. And for those who haven't <laughs> um, who haven't considered it as well, like Alien Isolation, which I mentioned earlier, the mother mod works for that. Um, Doom same, same originally, deal. I think it was Doom Three, or B- yeah, I think so. BFG yeah, th- edition or something. Yeah, um, yeah, and also Quake. Quake is also one. Quake. Uh, there so- are so many. And it, and it, if you played those, you kind of know that it's. It's great. Even with a controller, it's not that bad. But yeah, yeah, for people that are used to like the real deal, then, but I still like to sometimes go back to like yesterday I was, I was playing GTA again. I was like, oh, this is what I used to experience in VR. It's almost like going back to when I started to, you know. Now, if only they could VRify GoldenEye on the N64, I would, (laughs) I would eat that up. But I have to make a, I have to make a correction here. So when I said the, developer of uh i've misunderstood so it's not no one lives forever too it was the vr mod for no one lives forever too has uh has has now done has now done this so that's great um, i mean if you've got that skill set please keep reinvigorating old titles uh there is a certainly a market for it i just wonder you know the thing is even if even if outright you feel like you're just you know given a freebie to the web these things, these mods, we've seen them uh, in the past. Things like Counter Strike, Team Fortress, all that kind of stuff. Very oftentimes, those modders get decent paying jobs with good development studios because you've uh, proven that's yourself. That's why they stop modding. Uh, and that's why those mods eventually 
Yeah, bad true. for us, but good for them for their resume or CV to be able to get yeah. the, the shoe in. So anyway, let's transition over. We've got our second large topic. Unless there's anything, else, any other bits you want to say, Nathan, on GTA? Well, uh, the the funny part is is that the, the 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 frequent question I got was, hey, will I be able to play GTA Five uh, through Oculus Link? on my quest. I'm like, now, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're talking, right? Like being able to, to use this one headset and uh, connect it to your PC and then using a mod to play this one game. And I, I think it, it's going to happen. I think we're going to see some, some, some freaking fantastic stuff on quest through link. Well, see, um, given, given we've, given we've already been able to do, I mean, I've, I've done six off Minecraft from the center of my room on the quest. Like, any other game can do that. No, no yeah. man, the sky works, you know, so Link is no different. It's just a physical cable. So if you really, you know, if you've got no, nothing else and you still got a piece that can run it, your future is bright. Yeah. And the modders are out there waiting like wolves. <laughs> like wolves. All right. So now we move on to uh, Rowdy. And Rowdy is going to uh, cover a very interesting topic here. Um, it's called Dreamwalker. Dreamwalker, yeah, you're right. So uh, Microsoft, uh, they unveiled a little bit earlier this week uh, that they're working on a new system, and that system is called uh, Dreamwalker. And I'll, I'll cite uh, what they say. So it allows the researchers to walk around in the physical world while still being fully immersed in virtual reality. And the, the image that immediately popped into my head was the scene from Ready Player One, where you see all of those like kids like running down the street, yeah. with, like their, their their mask on, and you see like that big scene with like the Master Chief and all of them running. So it's not really like that yet, but it is you know another like first step into that uh, in that into that direction. And what they're actually trying to do is to replace your morning walk, so the, the walk that they take in the morning, with something that is reactive to your physical surroundings and it's ultimately more interesting and to do this they use so the samsung odyssey uh windows mixed reality headset they use uh, a backpack pc uh it's the hp omen um they use the windows mixed reality controllers they have two um real sense uh, rgb depth cameras that are mounted onto the headset uh, and they also have uh, a xiaomi mi which is a, a gps in order to track your location into uh -huh. uh, into the space. Uh, and then they also have like a hack ton of uh, additional batteries because it of course needs to be mobile. Um, so it's all like very like rough on the edges, you know, it's very, you know, don't, if, you, if you're looking at the video- like, Looks production ready, Rowdy, to be honest. Looks production ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a proof of concept what they're trying to do. And of course it's, it's, it looks very janky and very like, funny in a way now but it's mm. it is an interesting part of technology because the interesting part of this is that it's this is all done in real time you know so you have a map that you're that you can upload that you that you can that you have but then they kind of overlay a certain map over that that takes your your beginning point your end point and makes it ultimately at the same location so um what I think is interesting in that into that. So what they're doing now is just to like try to recreate your morning walk uh, to make it something more interesting. Uh, I don't think it's more interesting at this point in time. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, there is potential here. And I know that Magic Leap has also introduced something like that in their original concepts. Uh, that was called uh, Magic Verse, I believe it's mm. called, where they uh, basically like overlay certain layers over the same kind of area. Um, 
But for that, you would have to like integrate everything that is pretty much on that location there in order to for that to work properly. There's of course like a next ID. But what they do here is um, it's kind of like like a redirection that they do. So it's like a fixed path that you walk, and when you kind of like steer off the path. Um, certain things pop up into the into the, the the field of view so that could be cones that be popping up saying, telling you not to go onto that side mm-hmm. it could be a crowd of people that all of a sudden swarms to you and says like oh no you can't come here right. it could be cars that park right in front of you but you can imagine like you know with technology progressing like other things like this will probably come to mind as well like uh like i think that, that the idea of like having a, a car all of a sudden park in front of you is is a nice idea already of like you know preventing you from going that way. So I think that you know as and real, as, as realistic, th- Rowdy, because fucking Teslas <laughs> now are driving themselves around yeah, parking exactly, and all exactly. that. Like, yeah. so like as all that technology gets better, I think that there's a lot of potential for this as well. And even stuff that goes beyond like you know just replacing your morning walk, of course. Mm, yeah. um, but also what I think in the exercise scene or in the gaming scene, uh, something like this could become popular. And it is something that is interesting. Uh, what they've done in this particular concept is that they've um, kind of like uh, dynamically let them uh, the path being rendered to you. So different kind of walkways and different kind of environments that are dynamically being updated as like objects or persons walk by as well. So that's also that for that, the depth sensors are, are being used so that that is also being detected and so that you don't bump into someone. So it's actually a very neat piece of technology yeah. uh, that they're trying to like um, work out. And I think it's actually, if, if you keep all of that in mind and all of the dynamic rendering and the dynamic processing and like the, the people that are coming by and the objects that's, that are being detected, that's actually like a fairly, fairly neat thing to, to already have at such a stage. I love the question it raises. Um, is reality, is real reality a necessity? You know, and how much longer will real reality be relevant? You know, like if I could replace my surroundings, right? Imagine the matrix. I'm going to thank Dark Angel in chat for having mentioned this one. Thanks, lady. Yeah. Um, so imagine the matrix, yeah? And uh, you're in that scene, right? Woman in the red dress. Just turn them all into the woman in the red dress. And that's your morning walk into the lab or whatever, Rowdy. Way better. Way better. (laughs) That's true. But it kind of like brings back to like what what Facebook has been working on as well, where they're trying to like replace like the work environment instead of like you going to work. You know, they they highlighted that quite a bit on OC6 on the keynote as well. Instead of you going to work, having work in in your virtual office uh, with people actually working together there. And, you know, it it sounds all very like futuristic maybe now, but I think we can all agree that something like that is very plausible and eventually will likely happen as well. yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's very neat. Um, I, I'm glad you shared this because it, it's one of the things that, and we'll dovetail here into the into the next one as well. This kind of concept of different forms of reality converging, um, like you, you definitely have AR, right? AR has been moving, working on make things opaque. It was more believable, mm-hmm. right? Eliminate whatever, like allow the human to be totally occluded. Um, and that's really AR encroaching on like VR's territory. And on the other side, projects like this, 
get a dorky dude into a backpack VR set and get him walking down the <laughs> corridor and let him interact and, with the real world. And in a way, it's, the still a, it's still a mix between the two as well because you it have, is. of course, the physical world that you still interact with because you, you, there's buildings where you can't go into or there's like, like they need to replace that by something else. So it's like a, a little bit of mix between the two, I see. it. If you, if you have a bench in front of you, that may be in the virtual world, that is not a bench, but that is like, a, I don't know, like a car or something. So, you know, you, you, can't, you can't go over there like i do think that that's that kind of stuff is neat like uh, just to see that being developed so well. how much would it take to how much would we have to pay you nathy to uh get you to walk through times square in their current build you know all the traffic and stuff <laughs> the people on the boards like you just have to walk a a, a, a city block we'd have to pay you oh, right, uh, so how that... much do you think for your personal you know insurance and damages and protection and all that you'd have to wait wait so you're saying that all the yellow taxis on times square are benches that drive around and i need to dodge those (laughs) that sounds like that sounds like a real life frogger in a way (laughs) um but yeah i'm i'm down i'm down if i can you know change uh, things for science then then i'm ready for it Uh, in the chat uh johnny wells is asking what is the matrix it's it's the simulation you are in right now my friend we're all stuck in the matrix. I believe it. I believe it. Okay. So from as a spinoff from what Rowdy um, was mentioning, I, I was exploring a concept uh, or ran across a concept when developers invited me to partake in something that they launched um, last year. And actually, I think is, has been in concept for about two years now. I'd never heard of it. And I was like, you know what? This would be perfect material for the podcast. So again, it it brings us into yet another realm. And this is a realm that we call remote reality. So we've got augmented reality, virtual reality, Microsoft, <clears throat> that little R in the circle, something. mixed reality, right? Um, we've got all these different types of reality. This is one I hadn't heard of, remote reality. And so it is something that I think when I consider it coupled with virtual reality, it could be really nifty. So let me tell you about this. So there's there's a game called Isotopium Chernobyl. And this Mm. is, so Isotopium Chernobyl. So it's a website you go to. And this is a game that is a a 200 meter squared space with a minified version of Chernobyl that people can, you know, humans walk around and, and service. But the citizens of this miniaturized version of Chernobyl are robots. And these robots have cameras on them. And your mission as a, as a player in the game, oh. remotely from your home, is to control oh, those yeah, robots yeah, 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 yeah. online that are sitting in a building over, and I think it's actually, I don't know if it's actually in Chernobyl, I think it, it might be. Um, and you control these guys, and there's it's multiplayer. There are other... There are other vehicles than that running around and you're just playing this game. And I was watching footage of this online and I thought, Jesus, that looks so fun. I'm like so up for it. And so I was like, I, I have to mention this thing because it looks like such a cool idea. Have you guys ever heard of something like this before? Yeah, yeah. I have. There's actually a lot of movies that have been made about that. They always end badly, though. It's like Battle Royale. Like, you know, like you drop <laughs> a lot of robots on a certain island and then like, you know. <laughs> no, they start with robots and soon it will be people. 
and then they put cameras on there and it becomes a live TV show. Ah. <laughs> it's so funny, Rowdy, that you say that because immediately I was like thinking of back to the story arc behind the original Unreal Tournament. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking like, wouldn't it be awesome? I was like, Nathy, what if we had a service? We go into what we pop into our VR headset, right? And we pay for two 500 pound, like 10 foot mechs on a desert <laughs> island somewhere. We remotely combat them and we just fight them each other. But I can literally break your robot and I can like rip the battery pack out and gasoline's going everywhere. Oh, yeah. There's a huge explosion and our transmission feed cuts and it goes, Zim's the winner. Would you not pay to play that? It's like the, the those arenas they have where they like battle against each other with like self-made robots. But then instead yeah. of them standing next to it with a remote, it's like, you know, um, it's all from a distance. Yeah, no, I, I, I've seen something like this before where you can win all kinds of Japanese toys by uh, controlling a claw machine uh, from your home and then just throw money in there. And, and they actually send you the prize too. So you can just, well... Be at home, but still be in Japan too at an arcade and, and yeah. play your games. And I have seen that. I mean, Twitch does a number of those things, but this is something that, in terms of the real time interactivity, is pretty nifty. And I was watching, um, a, I'm just running some real live footage of what it looks like to play the game. You get this kind of interface, which is mostly a video screen. Um, you look to find these like barrels, and there are um, these barrels give you energy that allow you more minutes of playtime. So in that case, it's a little bit like a race game design where the more you pick up, the longer you can play for. Um, and you can pay to get energy to play in the game or whatever. And that's how they make money. But it's basically a team of, I believe, four, uh, four gentlemen, all engineers, uh, who put this together and run this. And um, at, at this stage, the way they do it is they do it on a kind of a session basis. So I think originally when they launched, it was like open 24-7. And now it's like when they get the money for a game, they agree a schedule. People queue up. And once they got fifty bucks worth of you know game time queued up, then they they host the game. How how long just, games go for? I'm not sure, and I'm really curious what's the latency behind controlling the robots. Hmm. Yeah. I just need to know one thing: Can I kill other robots? I so for anyone who's familiar with the UK TV program, I'm sure Mike would be like screaming from his lungs on the back of that. The whole BattleBot concept is something that when you see this, you immediately think like. Oh my God, can I? I don't think you can pulverize other robots. Um, what you can do, which I find really funny and social for a game where you're basically driving micro tanks, is there's this little arm on the tank that pops up and you can wave to other tanks <laughs> to be like, yo, bro. And it's the most cool social interaction I've seen in the longest time. And so I was thinking, like, if they upgraded this and made it instead of a fixed cam on the front, you had some kind of like 360 cam where you were given a VR headset and you could look around the tank, give you better awareness, better sense of scale as well. How cool would that be? So oh, that would be nice. Just a, this remote reality concept, I think, can go very many places. And as Rowdy cautions, maybe society will take it into places we shouldn't go. But um, this is <laughs> I, something I, I, we should on. have. A, we should have a VR version of this. Uh, and then in your house where we can just terrorize you and your family. So we can just like, we have tasers and little, we can uh, put like spikes on the ground and just, <laughs> just drive around and you have to catch the, the RCs, you know, they hide under your couch and then you're watching TV and they throw popcorn at you with catapults. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting too creative here, but that sounds great. 
Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm really scared that people are going to ask me to implement something like that. But you can I, ask a lot of money for it. it. Like if you if you ask me, like I could terrorize you for twenty minutes in your house for five hundred dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money. You just have and to. And that's how it begins. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm worried. I'm. So I'm honestly saying worried. Home this alone. is a great concept. It's like Home Nathan. Alone in a way. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll even know. think about it like, yeah, yeah, like like Home like uh, Home Alone, right? That whole series, right? It's just like that. It's just like a series yeah. of booby traps and you yeah. get to choose to pay to activate them or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That and every, awesome. people in chat are saying, I'll pay for that, Zim. Flipside <laughs> 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 says, Zim, get a firewall. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so this game, again, if you yeah. um, if you miss the, the name of it, it's Isotopium. I think you can go to isotopium.com. So it's Isotopium Chernobyl. Um and there was one other thing that was kind of related to this um, that I thought in this concept of remote VR. Well, what about if you're in a place? Now, I used to be big into uh, wall climbing, uh, mountaineering, that kind of stuff. I used to instruct at a wall and teach people how to do that. And then I saw this little video on Reddit where people were lighting up and talking about potentially doing the climb in a VR headset. And I was like, yeah, I love the climb. The climb's a great thing. And they show a treadmill that is a climbing wall. What? With what? motorized pitch and angles, Are this you... looks great. Oh, it even moves moves like it, it even tilts moves. too. It tilts, it moves. And for those in audio who can't uh, see what we're talking about here, essentially, it's a guy climbing, climbing wall divots, right? But with like a treadmill type surface descending vertically. And then the whole machine canters out words and so it makes yeah. the climb even tougher for him think about like doing that hanging off of a plane blade or whatever it is you could totally do this uh you, you know anyone anyone who has seen one of the final destination movies knows what is going to happen <laughs> next <laughs> that foot is going to get stuck in there and you're going to go all the way down <laughs> i don't believe that stuff no 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 you ain't getting me on there yeah yeah, Final Destination will make you nervous around any gymnasium or any kind of machine equip machinery or equipment. Yeah, but uh, no, I really thought that like the combination of these things. What if you had? We've all seen the Boston Dynamic robots, right? What if you could control a Boston Dynamic robot and go scaling the the, the cliffs of Moor in Ireland or something? Like you could just go, you know, doing this stuff, and you feel like you're there, but you're actually safe. Well, pseudo safe in Rowdy's terms. In a in a gym, and you've got one of these machines you're strapped into with a VR headset on. There you go. Hmm. Interesting. Not a long yeah. ways off. Not a long ways off, I'd say. So, um, anything else uh, in in chat? And I will ask chat if you have any final questions. Do feed them in um, while we aim to wind up the show. This has been a good one. Yeah, Thank you for joining us Zim, for the Halloween special. Sim, you got the you got a bit of a bit of something. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Thanks. Also, I saw Zim uh, make our uh, Avrielli uh, logo in uh, Kingspray, I think. Oh, you're right. I did. Yeah, it was not the best, but it was just a, I was like, I got, what am I going to spray? And then I, it clicked in my mind. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> There's a challenge on at the minute. Did anyone else do it? Yeah, that's, I think, I think I only saw you doing it. So, you, well, if you did, let's give you another week. You know, F, you're just like, you're bored of Halloween games and getting so scared and you cleaned up the puddle of pee <laughs> on your carpet. Uh, then go into King Spray and spray us the F-Reality logo. You know, okay. go for it. Give it a shot. Beat mine. 
you can find mine on Twitter. Um, that's a good one. Any After other questions? After you cleaned the bucket, of course. What's that? After you cleaned the bucket, if you know what I mean. Clean the bucket. There are some people in the chat that are asking uh, who helped you with the makeup, but uh, I keep on saying that you're not wearing any makeup, so uh, I don't really know what they're talking about. The lovely design work is the same lady who um, put together my Skyrim helmet at like no notice as well. So this is a, a continuing trend. If you happen to be my wife, I come at, to you with like last minute demands of, honey, can you do this thing? <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. she does a fantastic job. I mean, really hats off to her. She did a great job on this makeup. You know, I gave her, I'm like, I only have a half an hour slot. I've got to do all the rest of the prep. And it's like, she's like, bam, do it. And uh, did a great job. Um, I would really say nice. that it is a pity that Mike uh, couldn't join us with his full body, but at least we have him in a slightly beheaded right. format here for today's uh, cast. So Mike, if you are out there like watching the show, we hope you've enjoyed your time vacationing on a beach. I'm sure you are, you know, drinking mojitos and all that right now. Um, I'll, I'll just rewind on, on the podcast if, when you can catch us and all that. So do catch us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch live. It's always good to tune in to the, uh, the cast live. You can see us interact with us directly. We take questions and comments from chat um, and you get to see, Crazy Zombie Zim and other things like this, like Uni Nathy or Nathy Corn, whatever we're going to call him. Uni Nathy. <laughs> Uni Nathy. Um, we also have the big screen uh, that goes in VR. That's awesome. Anytime I'm not on, I'm like, I need to catch the podcast that way because it's hard to be there when you're on it. You know. Wait, wait. You want to <laughs> you want to catch your own show? I, I will work. I will work it out somehow. What, next, maybe next show I'll just oh. be here with a quest and be like, yeah, hey yeah. lads, and I'm just waving to myself. I think I think you did that before. I right? have done Didn't that you once. I have to done go. That I think. Yeah. Um, and then, so if you want to catch us again, it's 7 p.m. <laughs> in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday, as Mike says, in Central US. So uh, with that, any US. final words from chat before we close the show? For also, today? leave a like. Yeah. Leave a like or else. Or else. <laughs> or else I won't get enough blood back into my system to make it. <laughs> and apparently people were voting earlier, Nathy, that you were to wear some special girly outfit. So uh, if, if anything's going to drive me for a like, that's it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, besides that, I... Uh... I, yeah, I don't really see much going on here. Uh, everyone has been very happy with with this uh, this uh, this episode. Oh, it's been Eric spooky. says that uh, apparently they fixed Borderlands Two for the Vive finally. Hey, excellent! Well, look at that. We just announced it. The devs got hard at work in it, and in an hour and a half, <laughs> they've managed to fix the game. So, excellent! So, if you're a Vive owner, Borderlands Two is now open season. So, Vive. And then with its ones, not Vive with its index controllers, I think. Well, or the Cosmos. Don't forget the poor, lonely, cobwebbed Cosmos. Yeah, like about what Vive are we talking about nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> which one is it? Which which Vive? Oh. Is it, yeah, is it the Cosmos or is it the original Vive? Yeah, but I'm so confused. About at least the original and the Pro have the same controllers. At least we don't have to add that confusion yeah. to it. You see, but like we mention it on the show and then it gets fixed. That's why we try to mention as much nowadays as we can, so we can get things done. So Gearbox, thank you for watching as well. Thanks for the Please effort. feed us your broken stuff. And my request to all developers, please can you, for next week, bring Mike back to life. He's uh, oh. He's been dead for four days now, and uh, yeah. we, we'd like our host back, please. Well, so. we need his body. Like, we have his head already. It's just we need to find the rest. Yeah. We're I gonna, mean, there's not, there's not that much. <laughs> Nah, that's true. This Just is pretty bits. much everything already. 
<laughs> like his little his little Ewok buddy is easy to find, I would say. Gentlemen, ladies, thank you for joining us for yet another fantastic quite this has got to be our most gruesome f reality podcast yet uh thanks yes. again to my wife for the uh for the face job and um gentlemen thank you for making it happen appreciate it always a fun chat and uh everyone will catch you next saturday ciao for now bye see you bye bye brains